Now, I have to tell you, it's an unbelievably complex subject. Nobody knew that healthcare could be so complicated. Thanks again for listening to our State of Reform podcast. My name is DJ Wilson. For this episode, we get to hear from one of the more interesting Democratic members of the Texas legislature from El Paso, Representative Lena Ortega. She sits on the Texas Public Health Committee in addition to other committees and is uh, really a smart, savvy player in the House Democratic Caucus. Texas is historically a red state, but there's a stronger Democratic Caucus in the 2019 legislative session following the midterms in 2018. And Representative Ortega is a vocal part of that caucus, talking about health care, health policy, and, of course, school funding, property tax uh, levies, and the whole, whole range of issues in the 2019 session. So we're going to hear from Representative Ortega about some of those, about her biography, and what she sees in the future of Texas health policy. Representative Lena Ortega from El Paso, a Democrat in the Texas House of Representatives. Thanks very much for making time to be with us. Oh, thank you for inviting me to talk to you. Yeah. So we're recording this in February of 2019 at the still pretty early days of the 2019 Texas legislative uh, session. Give us first a sense, where do you think things are going? How is the session starting to shape up as we're still in early days here? I have to say that I'm excited about this session. Last session was my first session, and it was an eye-opener. Um, I think that because we, as Democrats, increased our numbers by 12 new members, we are now at 67. I think that we have a speaker who is who actually wants to work with both sides, uh, is being bipartisan. We saw that in the selection of his committees last week. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be a very different session than the first session that I was involved in. Yeah. We also just got committee assignments. And so things are going to move faster, earlier, which allows me to actually push for my legislation and hopefully get a lot of bills passed. Yeah. So I, I am excited yeah, to good. get going. Your uh, among uh, your committee assignments is, of course, transportation, which is a big, important committee. Uh, public health is another one. Let's let's start with actually transportation. Tell us what are your hopes for that committee in terms of legislation or uh, impacts that you want to see for El Paso and the state of Texas. Well, I think one of the things that I have learned is some of the formulas that uh, that the state has. Um, has not provided a lot of funding for our community. So one of the things I'd like to see change is making sure that El Paso has what it needs because we are a growing city. We're, we're unique in that we, we're a border city and we also border to Mexico as well as border to New Mexico. So our needs have to be looked upon a little bit different than other parts of the state of Texas. So I am excited about getting appointed and serving on the Transportation Committee. That's something that I have been working on during the interim. And so there's, and there is, it's, it's a committee where there's a lot to learn. Yeah. So I'm in the process of learning what I need to, to, to study before we get started. I want to jump into public health also, and I want to actually ask about your specific district that is a border district, not just a border community. But on this question of of the session, let me just go back to that. Some folks are saying, uh, old old Texas legislative hands would say, you know, 
to new legislators, don't worry about the Democrats, don't worry about the Republicans. If you're in the House, it's the Senate that's the enemy, not the other party. Uh, how do you find that relationship likely to be with a new speaker and, and a lieutenant governor that some say maybe is sort of moderating himself, not because he's not becoming a moderate, but maybe not quite as contentious or not positioning himself to be so contentious as he was last session. That, that's why I believe that this uh, session is going to be different. I have to agree with everything that you said. It seems like he is going to be more moderate. And with that, the ability to be able for the for the House and for the Senate to agree on important issues for the state of Texas, I think we're going to see that happen. We also have a speaker who wants to work the, with the lieutenant governor. Mm -hmm. So let us see see what happens. Yeah. So public health is another one of the committees to which you have been assigned. Uh, what do you expect to see come out of that committee? Sometimes public health gets uh, can get overlooked, but with Zika and measles outbreaks in other parts of the country and, and a series of public health issues in Texas, what do you foresee coming out of the, the public health committee in the 2019 session? I think one of the things that would that you can look at to foresee what potentially comes out of the public health committee is the studies that were conducted during the interim. And there's like a 116-page report on various recommendations that were made by the public health committee. I think that one one of the things that I noticed is and, and hoping happens is expansion of, of health care in, in different areas. Mm -hmm. There's already been quite a bit of legislation that has been filed. I th uh, Texas obviously ranks at the bottom when it comes to insured um, Texans. Mm -hmm. we, we are the worst in the United States, which we don't want to have that kind of ranking. We need to ex expand Medicaid to the degree that's possible. We need to make sure that that all Texans have access to reasonable health care. And so I'm, uh, which would include many areas. One, telemedicine. I mean, rural parts are, of the state of Texas are, are hurting because they don't have health care providers. They don't have access to health care. And so we as a state, we need to take care of people in, in the state of Texas. So I'm hoping that the biggest thing that comes out of this session is expansion of healthcare services throughout the, the state. Mm -hmm. And I, and you can see from the legislation that has already been filed, and I expect that much more is gonna get filed, that that's what it's geared to. Uh, there's a focus on mental health care services, as well as maternal care uh, because of what we have found out in, in the recent past, uh, dealing with maternal mortality, task force, morbidity, where we have, in the state of Texas, one of the first rates, uh, worst rates when it comes to women dying while in the hospital or within one year after uh, giving birth to a child. Yeah, not so, just worst in the United States, but one of the worst in the Western Hemisphere. That's it's, correct. Uh, quite shocking. That's correct. So yeah. we've, we've got to make changes. We've got to improve our healthcare system. Yeah. How have you found your colleagues across the aisle 
Uh, how, how, how would you characterize their willingness to talk about some of these expansion uh, expansion bills or expansion topics? On one hand, there's not a, a mad rush among Republican legislators to expand Medicaid, as was prescribed in the Affordable Care Act. But you do have members like Representative For Price and others who are trying to move the ball forward, as you said, on mental health and some other areas. Or how would you characterize some of your Republican colleagues in terms of their willingness to try to move the ball forward? I think that you gave a fantastic example with Representative for Price. He actually has already filed legislation. One of them is expansion of, of health care. Uh, and so I expect that he's going to be one of the leaders when it also comes to telemedicine because mm-hmm. he recognizes that we need to have that available in the rural communities. And so that's, that's a good indicator that Republicans are on board with that. Switching gears a little bit, healthcare is also a big uh, economic development driver in communities, particularly rural communities. But that is, is the case in El Paso as well, where the the healthcare workforce there is growing as a share of the overall economy. One of the things you've campaigned on is supporting that economic development activity in terms of hospitals and other providers. Give us a snapshot of what the healthcare provider ecosystem looks like in El Paso. Well, I. Within the last two weeks, I I was talking to our director of our county hospital, and he was concerned because of the changes that are being made on on Medicaid. And so he was seeing, explaining to me how we need, need to now change the law to make sure that the county hospital has access to those federal funds to be creative. Because as we all know that when you have to service uh, everyone, regardless of whether they have insurance or not, that's a real burden on, on hospitals. So it's not only our county hospital, but it's also the private hospitals. And I think that they all are supportive of making changes to make sure that they get reimbursed for the services that are being provided on that health care where they can qualify and get mm-hmm. reimbursement. So I think you, what I found was that the, our county hospital as well as the private hospitals are actually working together and are supportive of changes that they're seeking uh, in this legislative session. Yeah, good. Tell us, you know, you're still still relatively new. I know you're an old hand in some ways because there's a bunch of new members, but this is your second legislative session as an elected legislator. What do we not know about Representative Lena Ortega that we all should know? That's a good question. I've, I've been involved uh, behind the scenes in, uh, in politics for a number of years because I know that policy is so important uh, with regard to making things happen in our community. And that's mm-hmm. why I've been involved, kind of like what you said earlier, economic development is is tied down to, for instance, healthcare, tied down to transportation. So I've, I've been around for a while and I care what happens to El Paso. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason that I decided to to run for office. I've been a trial attorney for many, many years. I had a very successful practice and I wanted to give back to my community, and that's why I decided to run for as a state representative. Yeah. So now, not handling any more civil cases because I, I feel that this is a, a very important job, and I want to make sure that I put as much time and effort that I can in order to be successful for my community. 
I appreciate you making time in this session, Representative Lena Ortega. I want to ask you just one more question, and that is because city, former city council member, former U.S. member of Congress, Beto O'Rourke, is possibly running for president, and because he's been a long time and early supporter of yours, if we look ahead to 2021 and we imagine a world where he's president, what job in the administration will you have? <laughs> um, actually, I have been a supporter of his. Uh, talking about being involved in politics, I, I helped Beto when he ran for a city representative and, and then later on running for, for Congress. So he is just uh, my uh, mentor when it comes to being the ideal leader. And I would help him in any way that I, that I can in the future. Uh, but I'm happy where I am, and I want to continue to serve the state of Texas as a representative. Perfect. Representative Lena Ortega, Democrat in the Texas State House of Representatives, thank you very much for making time. Thank you. Thanks again to Representative Ortega for making time for us during this busy Texas legislative session. This podcast was produced by Emily Berger and myself, as along with folks like Kariana Wilson, Laura Lumberg, Margie High, Rita Waldrop, and Sarah Gensler. We've got other podcasts coming up for you from Washington State, more from Texas, including some out of California. So we'll be continuing to follow state health policy here at State of Reform. Check us out at stateofreform.com. Sign up for one of our five things we're watching newsletters in our various states. And uh, be on the lookout for our annual conferences Next one is coming up in Utah on April 24th. We'll be in Sacramento, May 9th, and we have our Phoenix conference on May 23rd. Thanks again for listening.